Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, good afternoon. How are you doing today, sir? Well, good afternoon, Sir Alan of the Round Table. You took a minute to think about that. Should I be yeah, concerned? I'm, I'm contemplative today. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm looking around and just appreciating life. and Interesting. The, are everything. you thinking about stuff, too? Everything on this planet. What? Nothing. I'm just on. I'm I'm introspective, but I'm also on oh. autopilot. Oh, so I just think these thoughts naturally, uh, but I don't pay attention to them. Is that a problem? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see when we re rewind the recording and listen to it. Oh, don't do. I never do that. I never do. No, that it's either. just full. Yeah. It's chock full of mistakes. We lived it, Mark. Why I, should we listen to it again? I know. I was here. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel sorry for the people who have to edit this broadcast. Oh, and the people who listen to it, forget it. Oh, yeah. Those poor bastards. No, 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 no. Yeah. But we love them, our viewers at home, and we thank them for listening every week. Absolutely. Yeah. All, all two of you. Uh, no, there's a lot more than that. No, Which, there's like five. We're up to five now? They have That's a little incredible. group. Oh. <laughs> they brought friends. <laughs> they, they brought friends. That's right. That's right. Oh. Well, if they're Swanson, like we know they can have no more than three friends. I mean, no, why would you have more than three? No, they're at their max limit. They really are. What is yeah. it? A couple episodes ago where we actually looked and a, a guy on a thing had a, had, a, had a description of himself as man. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. Yes. That was Ron Swanson. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was. It was, yeah. All right. On the wall at JJ's. Yeah. But that was still too much information. No, it, no, it was a, it was a, a, a guy who- Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, was it Friendster? Or it was some social media thing. Uh, actually, I think, uh, was it Apple Podcasts? I can't remember. Or Everyone Instagram should go do that, or... by the way. No, it was it was one of the social medias, I think, and they just, they said, man. Like, that was their comment. I loved it. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yep. It was very Swanson-esque. It was. It really was. Uh, well, hey, Mark, are you ready to do this episode? Oh, God, yes. Let's get this over with. Uh, who's here this week? I, I've lost track. Like, I don't understand our production schedule at all. Uh, you can tell because if you look back at the phone booth, you you can almost see cartoon hearts just, just oh, emanating from it. God. Constantine is just, he's... Pepe Le Pew's in love? Exactly. Oh, he's good. Just, he's, onion based love is the hardest one of all. <laughs> but, yeah, aren't you? You just, yeah, you're just smiling like an idiot. It doesn't even matter. He's here. Yeah, Constantine's here. Onion Le Pew. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, hey, Mark, uh, let's talk about this week's episode, which is, of course, season six, episode seven, Recall, Recall vote, vote, which is the season six Halloween episode. Yeah. Yeah. It is the it's fourth Halloween one. episode and last Halloween episode. Is that right? That's true. I went uh, back and I took a look and I'm like, I, I know we've had many. Uh, I thought it was more than that, but actually, no, uh, we had Greg Pekaitis in season two. Right. We had Meet and Greet, which is kind of a Halloween episode, but just barely in season four. Yeah, that, that was the one where they had the, the party of ants. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, it's very short. Not a not a Halloween themed episode, just Halloween kind of happens in that episode. Well, actually, that was the second Ann party because the first Ann party That's was the Greg Bakaitis. That's right. Right, right. You're exactly right. And then season five had Halloween Surprise, which was kind of a, a return. It wasn't Pekaitis-esque. Right. You'll never beat Pekaitis. I'm no, sorry. of course not. One of our favorite He's episodes. Smart. Definitely the best. You can't beat Halloween. him. No, you can't beat him. He's too smart. And then, of course, today's recall vote. So mm. there you go. 
kind of wistful. This is this is it, people. It's all downhill from here. It is. Yeah. Well, and I've looked ahead at season seven, and I I remembered some things in in looking at it that I had totally forgotten, and we'll get into that later. We're almost halfway through season six. Yeah. So maybe at our halfway point, I'll mention a little bit about what's ahead. And, I'll share what I learned. Is that right? Were we half halfway through season six? I believe there are 22 episodes in season six. And so seven would be like less than one third. Uh, that, I'm here for the math. Don't worry about it. Oh, you know what? I'm already taking my notes on episode 10. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and if you believe that, I got a parking pass to sell you. Uh, How much? <laughs> $30 is it for here? It's for here. I am tired of parking. You're still in remote F. parking. I'm still in remote parking. That is sad. Yeah. I need a super secret that's way. A, that's as sad for you as my math skills are for me. Oh, that's just, that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we're right. 33% of the way through. Park. <laughs> but still, we're making good progress. We were. Yeah. We were until then. Yeah. This episode aired on November 14th, 2013. And Mark, if I'm not mistaken, that, that date's very familiar to us because Last week's episode, which was, of course, uh, uh, what was that one called? Uh, filibuster. Yeah. Yeah. Filibuster was recorded, uh, basically aired on the same day. Yeah. This was a back to back to back night. At least back to back. Back to back. Yeah. 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 There were no back bacon. So there was no third back. Mm -hmm. if, if Ron had been eating Canadian bacon, you could say back to back to back. I guess so. I'd let you. Yeah. Um, but it was an hour long block it of was. Parks and Rec. That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, and, you know. Mid mid November 2013, so yep. It seemed a little out of place, maybe, to have a Halloween episode in mid November. I've got something to say about that, and, uh -oh. and really the timing of these two episodes together. In fact, later on, okay, during scoring, I think. So, Fair enough. So yeah, hold on to your hats. Yeah, that, don't guess. get stuck. No, don't get stuck. Mm -mm. Uh, this episode was directed by Wendy Stanzler. This is her fourth of four that she ultimately directed. I, I'd say I like this episode, which we'll talk about obviously more. But my favorite of her four episodes was Flu Season in season three. Oh, that's I mean, a good one. That's a really. How can good you one. beat that? Yeah, you kind of kind of peak there early. Um, Aisha Marar was our writer of today's episode. This is her ninth of 14. We she like gets her. The pen yeah, yeah. We like her a lot. She's she gets the on, golden pen. She gets the golden <laughs> okay. pen. She's gone on to producing a lot. And in fact, she produced Parks and Rec. That was kind of how she got her gig as a producer. Um, I think she started literally as a staff writer in season two. And by the end of the, the run here next season, she's co-executive co producer. So I've mentioned that before because I find that very impressive. Well, and we joke about we've in the last few episodes about like who gets the golden pen. Yeah. But, but really, we've also talked about how it's very much a collaborative. Oh, totally. But even having said that, there's yeah. usually a lead that this can be attributed to a lot. Of I think the, there's a person responsible is the way they do it. Mm. And then, you know, they may write a skeleton and then they bring everybody in to help punch it up and make it better. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, We yeah. do that a little bit. So we, we kind of get that, 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 uh, yeah, believe it or not, we actually put that much effort into this show. But yes, we do. Doesn't show, but we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we yeah. try. We yeah. try our best. But yeah, like if you go look at her Emmy nominations, of which I believe she's has 14. Wow. Many of That's them. That's way more than I have. <laughs> me too. Um, 14 more, in fact. Um, many of them are basically shared, like, you know, writer's room. Writer's oh, room. Oh, yeah. Room. That, that so, makes sense. So when they do an episode, they do credit the whole team, even though we give somebody the golden pen. So That's fair. Just yeah. thought that was interesting. Yeah. Mark, let's get into our synopsis. Let's, so, so, synopsis. Synopsis. <laughs> Yes, let's get into the synopsises. Thank you for saying that correctly. Oh, now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah let's do it now. All right. I just thought you meant like maybe five minutes from now. Like no. we're not going to take a little break, a little nah. siesta. All right, I, here we go. I won't be listening in five minutes. 
Well, <laughs> it's one of us. All right. So we I, I broke this down. This was an interesting one. I, yeah. I could have gone a couple of different ways with this, but I ended up breaking this down into three stories. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, now I'm all sorts of confused. What Here's just happened? Why. Here's why. Because I, I Did totally... Harvey not fix the soundboard? Because I just got two conflicting sounds. We went back and forth. Okay. <laughs> we went back and forth a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll probably present this as four just for the sake of using my awesome title for, for my what was my C story. Yeah. Yeah. Probably that's a reason. Your combo B story, I'm guessing. Or maybe, yeah, combo B story. Sure. But- uh, Beyond that, I totally get why you chose three. Tell, in fact, tell us which three you chose, and then I think all will be revealed. Dot dot dot. Mm. Hey, that, that's my gig. Um, so it's my uh, my A story um, <clears throat> is entitled. Uh, I, I need you to save me on these, but my A story is entitled "Recall This Fart Wads." <laughs> I like that a lot. That's not bad. That's pretty good. All right, with the day of the recall election at hand. See the name of the episode. Um, Leslie distracts herself by working with the gang to transform City Hall into a haunted house for Halloween to ensure Leslie remains calm. Ben and Anne form the Leslie Nope Emotional Support Task Force and, and provide further distractions for her throughout the day. That night, the gang waits with Leslie in the bullpen for the results to pour in. It doesn't take long. And unfortunately, Leslie loses the recall election in a landslide. Mm. It would be safe to say Leslie does not handle the situation well. She comes into work the next morning. She's dressed like a slob. She's eating a paunch burger. She's lost interest in not only the haunted house project, but also really her general well-being. That night, Ben takes her to a bar because why not? Sure. Watches her pound shots while he tries to boost her spirits. What will happen? Can Ben boost Leslie's spirits or... Will Leslie drag Ben down to her level? Will Anne swoop in to help save the day? What will Leslie do during her last 30 days? Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Mm. That's a great summary. There's a lot going on in the A story. I'll just say There that. is. There, there really is. is. Um, so my theme this week were was uh, original movie titles later changed due to focus group feedback. <laughs> okay. I am so ready for this. Go, yeah. man. Go. So my A story is totally recalled. Oh. Which, of course, was later changed for the 1990 movie starring Chris Pratt's father-in-law, Total Recall. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a puzzle. Yes. Mm. You didn't know that? No. Did you seriously not know that? I didn't know that. I'm not going to make fun of you a lot right now, but. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, you should check that out. Mm. That happened like mm, eight years ago. Mm. Maybe no. by the end of the, of the airing of this these these seasons. I, I think it had already happened. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of crazy. Yeah. He's married to a Schwarzenegger. The more you know, the more you grow. There you go. All right. Uh, so, yeah, yours <laughs> Catherine, is, I think, you, is her name. Yeah. Is what? It? Catherine Schwarzenegger. That one? Yeah. Oh. Who are related to the Kennedys. So, it's all very interesting. Check it out. They're all played out. All right. All right. <laughs> That's my A story. Totally recalled. All right. Oh, yeah. So I should go on. Now. You should move on to the B story. That's how this <clears throat> okay. works. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So my B story um, is entitled, and I think you're right. I think maybe this is where I, I comboed a few potential different storylines. I'm guessing into your, one. Your, your B is my B and C. Yeah. Yeah. So mine is called Bloosh. There it is. I like that. Yeah. No, it's good, actually. All right, all right. I mean, it, it works. <laughs> all right. Tom gets one final, man, 
mediocre buyout offer from Dr. Saperstein, mm. delivered by Trevor the lawyer, of course, of course. Uh, and is pressured to take it since Rent-A-Swag has not been doing real well. Yeah. Shortly afterwards, Ron finds out his handcrafted rocking chair has been named a trending must-have item of the season by Annabelle Porter, the author of Bloosh. Uh, I just like to say it like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Pawnee's premier weekly lifestyle newsletter. Ron is rather, as you might guess, nonplussed at this news. Yeah. But he sees Tom and Donna are very excited. With Tom especially excited as he sees it as a possible way for him to get into Bluesh and give his ailing business a much needed boost. Realizing it could help Tom, Ron agrees, okay, to go on Pawnee today to discuss his craft with Joan Calamezzo and Annabelle Porter. Ron brings Tom and Donna with him to the recording, and they all plan to attend the Bluesh after party as well, where Tom hopes Ron can personally introduce him to Annabelle Porter. How will this turn out? Does Ron end up introducing Tom to Annabelle at the Bluesh after party? Can Annabelle negotiate a business proposal with Ron regarding his chair? Will Tom end up taking Dr. Saperstein's final buyout offer? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Thank you. Um, so I, I I split that into a B and C, and that'll be the last time I talk about it. We'll just go with your B story. So right. so I, I did basically, you know, the um, the uh, this rent a swag, right? T Tom's journey. Tom's journey was basically, I guess, if you want to call it uh, my C story. Mm. But you combine that with the B story, which arguably could be maybe Ron's, yeah, I guess journey. I mean, they're together and then they're apart and they're together. So yeah, I get that it's anybody's count this week. Yeah, it's but, a wild, wild, West. right? And right, then right. the B story, of course, I had the same as you in terms of the Swanson, right? So, right. yeah. So my my uh, you know discarded movie title later changed due to uh, focus group feedback uh -huh. is uh, the devil sits in a Swanson. Which, of course, wow. <laughs> they did change in 2006 to The Devil Wears Prada. Oh. I mean, they really just reworked the script altogether. Wow. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. It did not test well. That is fascinating. Yeah. Huh. So, there you learned something today. And then, of course, my C story, which will be story part two, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Armani getting it. <laughs> for rent to swag, uh, which, of course, they later changed in 1998 to the movie Armageddon, which, again, totally reworked. Like, oh, yeah. how do they went from a, you know, a reuse store, like a thrift store, mm -hmm. if you will, secondhand store to like a movie on a meteor in space? I don't know. Like, this is Hollywood. Crazy. That's crazy. It That's the crazy. one with uh, 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 Bruce, Willis Bruce Willis and uh, Ben Affleck yeah. and Lily. Uh, we were sending our good thoughts out for Bruce Willis. Who's, yes. Uh, yeah. ser serious health problems. So. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. uh, he pulls through that. So. They're all related to Arnold Schwarzenegger, too. <laughs> they may be third cousins. <laughs> no, I mean, prove me wrong, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't I don't look stuff up. I just kind of go on with my life. <laughs> we all just make it up. <laughs> what was your third and final story, Mark? My third and final story was entitled April's Hollow Halloween. Oh, I like that. It's wordplay. Actually, that's very good. Yeah. All right. Okay. April misses Andy and feels lost without her soulmate. Halloween was their thing, you know, and she mm. does not feel like she can really enjoy this time of year without Andy. Plus he was just freaking here. And he, she, I think she really misses his absence right now. Yep. Chris, poor sucker that he is, attempts to, con to comfort April and cheer her up. But in typical April fashion, she rebuffs his efforts. 
What will happen? Can Chris manage to cheer up April in time for the City Hall Haunted House? Will April apologize for mouthing off to Chris despite his good intentions? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Yeah. That was also my last storyline as well. And of course, the discarded movie title here is uh, An American Andy in London, <laughs> which they they changed for the 1981 film An American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Yeah. Because Andy Werewolf, I mean, same thing. Yeah. But yeah. which actually has a tie into the sea story. It, it does, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great point, actually. Hey, Mark, let's uh, do our AKA and then we'll get into our breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're much more talented and smart and handsome than NBC. So Done. so what we do is uh, we do an AKA because we do that better yeah. than they do. I mean, recall vote. Not a bad episode title, but we can do better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is by my main crush, Moran Swanson, uh, because when he is was- Is this going to be two weeks in a row? I'm just so curious. Last Maybe. week, we had the exact same AKA. Well, maybe Please go. we, we will see. Curious. There is a time when they are at the blue after party and he is he is absorbing all the stuff that is being said by people. And at a certain point, he simply responds with a short little quip that is. And I quote, good God, these words <laughs> made me laugh. I made me laugh, too. And that was my they're thematically related, though. Oh, really? Your choice to my choice? Yeah, mm -hmm. it, very much so. Mine is also Ron, your man crush, mm. to Tom mm. in a slightly earlier context mm. uh, in the same storyline. Mm. Start over and speak differently. Yeah, I like that as well. <laughs> Which again, Ron, it's a bit of Ron doesn't get it, right? Right, right. Yeah, so there you go. Yep. Nice job, Mark. All right. Hey, let's get into our breakdown and get this thing on the road. All right, Brigadam, Brigadam. Uh, all right, we start with the uh, cold open. Very good place to start. And uh, this episode opens in the law office of Babit, Picota, Vorp, and Eckstein, which we've called in the past BPVE, also known as the workspace of lawyer Trevor Nelson, which, sure. as you might remember, is the lawyer who helped Dr. Saperstein open Tommy's closet across the street from Rentiswag. Right. He's the lawyer that looks like Beaker the Muppet. Yeah, Trevor is. Yeah, Trevor yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, Dr. Saperstein is the one that kind of looks like the Fonz. It's weird. That is very strange. It's just totally bizarre. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so this opens. We see Tom is having a meeting with Trevor. Uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Constantine in love. Uh, why don't you uh, start us off right, buddy? Can you play the clip? Thank you. Yesterday, Jaden Smith came in and he was like, look, I want to quit the music slash acting business and work here with you. And I was like, Jaden. Be serious. The world needs you. You have a gift. Ever since my client opened his store across the street, your sales have plummeted. Ooh. It's only a matter of time before you're out of business. Mm. But my client has had a moment of weakness, something he referred to as sympathy. Mm. <laughs> He's made you a final offer. $40,000 for Rent-A-Swag and all of its contents. Mm. I suggest you take it. Well, I've heard all the facts and it's pretty obvious what I have to do. Get a big old mug of hot chocolate, put on my thinking PJs, and get back to you. The mm. offer's valid for 48 hours. He would also be interested in acquiring your thinking, PJs. Listen to me very carefully. Oh. No matter what happens, you will never acquire my thinking PJs or my YouTube blazer. Non-negotiable. Wow. <laughs> Tom is totally serious about this. Oh, he, he yeah. is getting up in Trevor's face. Yeah. Like, don't you even think about it. Short but funny cold open. Yes. 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 I like yeah. it. Is the plot relevant, Mark? I think so. I think it is too. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, you're right, Alan. That was fairly short. I think it was just under a minute. Yeah. Which, which right. in cold open terms, it's fairly short. Yeah. Because that tends to be a little bit longer. 
but but I actually really enjoyed that cold open. I thought it was I did very too. funny. Yeah. I did too. The the guy who plays uh Trevor Nelson, he's so good he's so in good. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Evan Jackson, correct? Yep, that's yeah. correct. Well, Mark, I, I totally agree with Tom. I mean, a man has to have his limits, right? Yeah. I mean, can't blame him. Non-negotiable. That's right. Yeah. Well, following the cold open, Mark, we join Leslie in the committee to reelect her in the bullpen. And we learn along with Leslie about her goal to stay focused on the most important things, you know, for the citizens of Pawnee mm -hmm. until the end of this election. Right. And if I heard correctly, Mark, uh, scaring actor Kevin Pollack seems to somehow play a role in the strategy. I, I didn't understand. Yeah, he, he figures in there somewhere. He's in everything. Anyway, so, yeah, we, we, we cut now to, to City Hall. Uh, into the bullpen, and we see Leslie and the gang there, and they are apparently having a strategy session for two reasons. A, they are going to work together to transform City Hall into the best haunted house Pawnee has ever seen. B, this is the actual day of the recall election, and concentrating on haunted house details gives the gang, especially Leslie, a way to stay distracted until the polls close at 8 p.m. And so this scene closes with a Leslie talking head where she tells the camera the latest polls have the recall election as a dead heat and there's nothing left to do but wait. All right. Yeah. Well, we will see what happens. We'll wait. We? we will wait and see. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a choice. No. Well, next up in Ron's office, Tom seeks some advice from a sage man named Ron. And I'm not talking about Eagleton Ron here burning sage. Uh, if that weren't already enough, Ron gets some news about his personal life that's very exciting for Tom and Donna. Yes, it certainly seems that way. We now cut to Ron's office where Tom is venting to Ron over his uh, indecision about the buyout the buyout offer he received from Trevor the lawyer just now um well a few minutes ago well whenever it was you sure know right. back in the cold back open. In the remember day. that yeah. um and then we then hear Donna scream excitedly i wasn't sure how to interpret that i was at worried first. at first like, yeah was there like someone jack the ripper or like a big mouse or something i don't know and she runs into Ron's office and Donna tells both of them that Ron is in the latest edition of Bloosh, a weekly lifestyle email written by Annabelle Porter, who was the former face of the Eagleton phone book turned lifestyle guru. Because sure. why not? Why not? Hearing this, Tom becomes excited as well as he sees Ron as his own ticket into getting into Bloosh. Ah. In typical Swanson fashion, Ron is rather nonplussed and does not understand any of this silliness. Well, Annabelle's the real deal because she lived in Kate Bosworth's pool house for like four months. Well, who didn't? That's not a <laughs> Before bragging moving point. Back, yeah. Ron's in Bloosh. Ron's in Bloosh. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, out in the courtyard, April is lamenting Andy's absence, and we see the launch of a brand new Leslie Nope task force. Only in this case, she's the focus of the task force and not its leader. Yeah, we now cut to the outside courtyard at City Hall where Chris. April and Jerry are hard at work on decorations for. I think it's the, a Larry now, but yeah. Well, I, I can't. It's hard to get used to that, it but really you're is. right. You're right. Yeah. Chris, April, and Larry are hard at work on decorations for the haunted house. Hey, Constantine, play the clip, please. Thanks. April, you seem depressed, and I would know. I spent most of last year being treated by Dr. Richard Nygaard for my own emotional problems. Yeah, I just miss Andy. Mm. Halloween was like kind of our thing. Every year we would dress up like demons in Egg Larry's house. That was you? Larry, please, we're having a private conversation. Well, <laughs> I'd like to make Halloween fun for you. 
like Andy would have, starting right now. With scary, scary monster claws! Oh, geez. Okay, people, the grand opening is in 20 hours. Larry, you had the easiest job, two triangles and a tooth. Nobody wants Gengarch family-themed jack-o'-lanterns. Gail likes them. Is any of this even good? good? Why didn't we call it City <laughs> Halloween? Okay, we, we need to change every single banner. Leslie's been holding it together pretty well, but today is when she needs us the most. Mm. That's why we formed the Leslie Nope Emotional Support Task Force. Anything she could possibly need to get her through these final hours, we got it covered. Back rubs, YouTube videos of turtles and birds becoming friends. Mm. A poster <laughs> announcing the new Lilith Fair concert. It's fake, but it'll buy us an hour. We even have a secret hand signal in case we think she needs help. Mm. It's loosely based on the Klingon greeting salute. I just learned that, and if I had known, I would not have agreed to it. Uh, hey, Leslie, how about instead of slightly changing a lot of banners, we paint our toenails to look like pumpkins? Fun, and you're a genius. Your brain is almost as perfect as your face. Aww. There are a couple of fun visuals in that scene. One was when, when Chris is trying to, you know, scare April to cheer her up. He goes, with scary, scary monster claws. So he has like Wolverine style claws, which is actually pretty cool looking. And the other thing is, uh, well, I guess there's three things. Jerry's pumpkins are beautiful. They're really good. Like really, really good. Now they are Gergich family members, but I mean, Gail likes it. Gail likes it. And then the the final one is, you know, the the hand signal is just kind of like a a diagonal arm with a fist. Pump your your chest there. And and you see there at the very end where Anne suggests they paint their toenails. Ben is like... (laughs) <laughs> like he's like you know warning warning this is not a drill we got to jump on this very funny it is good uh, of all my Klingon knowledge I had forgotten that one so, yeah Kapla that's Kapla all I got to stuff. say yeah mm-hmm. well back in Ron's office Ron agrees to do a favor for Tom and in turn gets some advice from Tom and Donna on preparing for his 15 minutes of fame yeah we now cut to Tom and Donna walking back into Ron's office anxious to hear what Ron found out about Bloosh. Ron tells them Joan Calamezzo wants him to go on Pawnee today to discuss his chairs with Annabelle Porter from Bloosh. Bloosh. Initially, Ron told Joan no, because he doesn't care yeah. about any of this silliness. Yeah. But after Tom begged him to go on the show because it could it could help him promote Rent-A-Swag, eh, Ron finally capitulated and said yes. However, I think he had second thoughts once Tom and Donna started to feed him uh, banter to use with Annabelle. Like he, I think he understands about one out of every 10 words they use, if that. I could barely follow the script they gave him. Right. And you're cool. Somewhat. Yeah. I mean, more than Ron, I oh, think. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd like to believe so. Yeah. You're more hip. Sure you but are. The, but you're right. Ron reflects on the script he's been given. He says, I regret everything. Yeah. Yeah. Classic Swanson. <laughs> yeah. Well, back in the bullpen, the polls have closed and all that's left to do is the waiting, as they say. That and experience some terrible timing from Jerry, a.k.a. Larry. Oh, poor Jerry, Larry. Yeah. So it's now 8 p.m., which, as we know, means that the poll results are going to be in because it's it's uh, that's when the polls close. I should say. Now we got to wait like five hours. Yeah. Yeah. We see Leslie arrive at the City Hall bullpen and the rest of the gang are already present there. Hey, Constantine, play the clip, please, buddy. Thanks. Babe, you made it. It's 8 o'clock. My God. Okay, everyone, great work, as always. I'm going to stay here and just kind of wait for the results to pour in. Thank you. I'll see you all tomorrow. 
We're not going anywhere. We're staying with you. No, really, it's going to be hours before they call it. We're not yeah. leaving, woman. Stop trying to get rid of us. Yeah, I made frappuccinos for a little caffeine boost, and Larry went to get pizzas for everyone. It's very sweet, you guys. Thank you. All right, let's hunker down. It's going to be a long night. Too close to call. A real nail-biter. Anybody's game. These are three phrases you won't hear tonight as Leslie Nope has been voted out of office. Oh. What was expected to be a close race what did he has say? actually been a not close race. Pawnee voters have decisively removed Leslie Nope oh, from yeah, the I'm city so council. Sorry. I got a pizza, pizza time, it's a pizza time. Larry, everyone is miserable and you are only making it worse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor Jerry. Larry. Chris Gary. is Chris yeah. is really giving it to him in this episode. He really is. Yeah, yeah. That's the second PBJ of the episode. Yeah, yeah. I think it, for those of you counting at home. Well, Mark, there are things you can bounce back from, and the things that will clearly take a little more time. And in our next scene, we learn the sad origin story for Metallica's smash hit. Nothing else matters. Is that what we do? <laughs> Did you not know that? No, I just thought it was That's Parks about and Rec. Oh, yeah. I, okay, that yeah. makes it even yeah, it's better. About yeah, I didn't know that. So weird. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, we're, we're still at city hall except now it's the next morning. Yeah. And so now we got to see the fallout from all this. It's not good. No, 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 no. So after some, uh, coaxing by Ben and like, uh, I don't know, 30 voicemails from Anne, we see Leslie come in and she is, she is a mess. She's wearing sweatpants. She's wearing a Garfield. I hate Mondays. <laughs> white t-shirt which i actually kind of like um her hair's a mess she's carrying a burger and drink from paunch burger in with her yeah. like she is totally giving up man what's up and fart wads she told you what's up fart wads she starts eating the paunch burger remarking like oh my god it's so good why did i ever fight them in the first place like she is completely she's turned, just yeah. giving in yeah. ann and ben the founding members of the Leslie Nope Emotional Support Task Force even went so far, Alan, as to make a paper mache little Sebastian. It was beautiful for that. Yeah, it was for that night's haunted house. But while it was a big hit with the gang, oh yeah, Leslie was not impressed, and nope. she decided that instead of ooing and eyeing over the paper mache little Sebastian, she would instead go outside and fall asleep on a bench. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to go. She is not doing well. Well, and she did write that concession speech of her own. You know, Ben normally writes her own her speeches for her helps a little. This one's all her. It just says, um, eat my shorts, jabronis. Nope out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Drop the mic. Well, let's just say it's a first draft. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll put some work into it. Yeah, yeah. You know, massage yeah. it a little bit, yeah, maybe. That's right. Get, a, get an expert in to help. Sure. Well, with the bluish endorsement in hand, it's finally time for Ron to promote his chair. And we find ourselves in a very familiar television studio. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you just said a mouthful I there. sure did. Uh, we now cut to Pawnee today, where host Joan Calamezzo introduces lifestyle guru and founder of Bluesh, Annabelle Porter, while Ron, Tom, and Donna stand backstage looking on. As one might expect, Tom and Donna are very excited, and Ron is rather nonplussed. After a little bit of vacuous small talk, which serves to further excite Tom and Donna and further irritate and confuse Ron, Joan asks Annabelle the big question. What's trending? Annabelle answers with the following comments. 
Mozambique cashmere is the new cast iron stove. Sure. She found some amazing new conflict-free paella recipes. <laughs> her favorite fishmonger now makes house calls. It's about time. Thank God. Finally, her fave new item is a deliciously bold chair by local artist Ron Swanson. Oh, my God. Joan takes a short break for commercial while Ron contemplates having his chair called delicious on air. <laughs> did that woman call my chair delicious? I think she did. Oh, my Lord. Well, back at City Hall, Leslie is in charge of handing out the doses of sweet Halloween candy, but instead, she seems to be handing out doses of harsh reality. You know, that's exactly what seven-year-olds need to hear, Mark. Well, yeah. I, I mean, right? I know. Start them early. I know that I did not hear that when I was seven years old. And <laughs> if I, only. And I now see the path down which, the rocky, rocky path down which I have gone. <laughs> oh, if only. If only. Uh, Do over. <laughs> so we now cut to City Hall, a.k.a. the best Dern haunted house ever, where everybody is dressed up and decorations are, are all around and kids are walking through asking for candy as they do. In particular, we see Leslie sitting in, uh, I can't remember what office it was. She was like back in some office, yeah. you know, dressed as Princess Buttercup Love from it. The Princess Bride. Um, unfortunately, she is still pretty bummed out. And when the kids come up to her, instead of giving them candy, she gives them depressing, quote, uh, life advice, uh, <laughs> such as, uh, scary stuff is invisible, broken dreams, disappointment, achieving your greatest goal and having it all fall apart and knowing that you'll never climb any higher. Uh, what's another one? Um, it's very possible that some of you have already peaked. It's all downhill from here, turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, I think it's, it's, they're leaving. A, yeah, that's right. I'm Mrs. Nope, not Councilwoman Nope, because that chapter of my life is already over. Remember, kids, nothing gold can stay. Oh, my Jeez, God. Crow. Yeah. At this point, Ben... <clears throat> dressed as Wesley from The Princess Bride. Uh, uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts. Dread Pirate version Roberts, of, of course. Uh, yeah. Of Wesley, yeah. yeah. Um, gently but firmly grabs Leslie and ushers her out of the office so he can talk to her, like somewhere else okay, where young go. children aren't asking for candy. <laughs> yeah, I think keeping Leslie away from the chillins right now is a good idea. Alan, you know what I noticed? And I, I didn't notice this until I had watched this episode three times yeah but the third time i went through this i noticed that uh, continuing the uh, princess bride theme if you look at the children that came in and initially talked to leslie one of them is dressed up as an r-o-u-s aka rodent Rat of unusual size. size yes did From you the fire see swamp that? well no i read it and then i went back and saw it like i had no idea like i just didn't see it you know Brilliant. That like, is so brilliant. It's one of those crazy details oh, that is so gosh. easy to miss in this show. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. One of our favorite movies. So, I mean, geez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rodents of unusual size. I hear for you so. <laughs> You're a big Andre fan. Aren't I you? love Wrestling Andre in the Giant. He's, he was great in that. Yeah. He was. Well, and we've been watching Young Rock. I told you that. Yeah. They actually covered this episode, or that, that movie in one of the episodes. Get out of here. Yeah, he's on set for it. Oh, it's great. It's, it's a great show. That, yeah. I'd check it out. Well, back at Pawnee today, Annabelle is featuring Ron's chair and offering suggestions on the many things you can use it for. In fact, almost everything except, you know, sitting in it. Ugh. We now cut back to Pawnee today, where we now see Ron on stage with Joan and Annabelle. Bully. Bully. <laughs> Constantine, play the clip, please. 
Oh my goodness, we are back with America's greatest leader, <laughs> Annabelle Porter, and her new favorite artisan, local woodworker, Ron Swanson. Hello. I discovered Ron's <laughs> chairs a few months ago, and what I absolutely love about a Swanson mm -hmm. is you can really use it for anything. Yes, mostly you use it for sitting. Make it a rustic accent piece in your solarium. Even better, use it as a focal point in your yoga tent. Put it by a table and eat a meal. We don't do <laughs> meals in my home, no. Every two hours we eat what I like to call a food tease, like an oat wedge or a seaweed lozenge. <laughs> Can I just say, and I think this is really important, so I need everyone to shut up. <laughs> I love your hair. Oh, thank you. It's genetic and unattainable. <laughs> At least she was honest about it. Ellen, you know how, how the, the saying, when you have a hammer in your hand, everything yes. looks like a nail? Yeah, I love that. So I know that we are just talking about Princess Bride. Sure. And, you know, we covered how Leslie's dressed as Buttercup and, and Ben's yep. dressed as uh, Wesley and yep. the, one of the kids with one of the ROUSs. Yep. Was it just me or when Ron nope. introduced himself, it very much sounded like the beginning of Inigo Montoya's speech? Hello. It did not sound like it. I thought he was going to continue on with that. That's pretty good. Well, I thought you were going to say something else like, oh, well, it's not in this episode, but it's been in other Halloween episodes. You know, his Ron's classic pirate. It's the only costume he owns. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that really almost looks like the very costume that Andre the Giant wears in that movie. Well, like, bigger and bigger size, right? Bigger size. Yeah. Yes. But beyond that, I mean, they could be brothers. Oh, yeah. Of different sizes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very different sizes. Uh, I don't even exercise. <laughs> Oh, it's like Andre's here in the studio with us. I love oh, it. Andre, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, back at the Halloween party, Chris does his best to shatter the funk that is surrounding April in every direction. And I'm not sure he's successful, Mark. Do you see what I did there, by the way? I do. Yeah. Mirrors around us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was bored. No, that's so good. Um, so we <laughs> cut back to City Hall and... Uh, I, I'm, you know how we usually try to say like, well, we're in Ron's office well, or sure. we're in the bullpen. I don't know exactly what room this originally yeah. was, but whatever it used to be, yeah. it is now a spooky hall of mirrors. So that's something, you know. Yeah. Uh, so in Maybe this, not so spooky, but it, it, a hall of mirrors. Yeah. A hall of mirrors, yeah. <laughs> and so then the hall of mirrors. That's again, it's not spooky. But we hear somewhat spooky music playing. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I don't know what we're doing. So we see April dressed up, believe it or not, as a as a flower. I know. So now I don't know what's happening. <laughs> if Andy were there as a skunk, it would make sense to me. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. she's half of a costume, a couple's costume. Kind of. That's the way I thought of it. Yeah. So all of a sudden we see Chris, who I guess appears to be dressed up as, I'm guessing, a wolf, jump out at April. And he's smiling, just beaming as yeah. he jumps out at April and he tries to to cheer her up uh, by scaring her. And he's even polite enough to state his intent. <laughs> I am scaring you <laughs> as if she didn't know. <laughs> Realizing his uh, scare attempt yeah. failed, he pulls out his ace in the hole, his impersonation of Burt Macklin. Um, friendly lifeguard. Lifeguard at large. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's right. That was another one of those things they tested and it didn't work out well. So they changed him to FBI. Oh, see, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, even this gem, Alan, fails to cheer up April. So, in fact, April is now double sad. She's sad that she misses Andy, and she's sad that she can't make a fun of Chris to Andy. To Andy. Yep. I mean, she could text him. I don't know. He's busy. <laughs> With Lord Fancy Face. Yeah, I don't know what sort of time change and yeah. like stuff yeah. they have. Yeah. He might be asleep, or they might be playing with helicopters. I, I don't know. He's, don't know. he's busy. You just don't know. Yeah. Well, Mark, I think most of our viewers know that Stranger Things brought back the Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill. Oh. Well, Leslie seems to have a different view and perhaps would have written different lyrics for this particular hill in front of her. Mm. Mm. No. Deep. Give me a minute. I'm thinking about that. <laughs> it's a thinker, Mark. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah we, we now cut to um, Lockerbie Pub. I have something to good, say about this good later. Catch. Yeah. And and we hear uh country music playing and we're seeing uh, we see Ben sitting with Leslie at the bar and it looks like Ben Leslie is pounding shots at yeah. this point. By the way, there's both of them are still dressed up as Buttercup and Wesley, yes. which I just yeah, they love. They love um, too. As Ben and Leslie talk, we are left with three important takeaways. A, Leslie, despite pounding shots, is actually somewhat philosophical, claiming that at this point, instead of feeling crappy about getting recalled, she now accepts the fact that she's peaked, mm. which, okay, and that therefore she can finally relax and just spend the rest of her life really chill. There's something to that. Yeah, I think there is. B, Ben attempts to gently argue the point, insisting that you just have to keep on climbing back up that hill, uh, reminding, <laughs> I see it now, it. Okay, reminding yeah. Leslie about his whole uh, ice town uh, experience oh, sure. and getting impeached when he was 18. Right. However, the more that Ben talks, the more that we see self-doubt start to creep in until well, he- he recovered from that by moving into city budget crisis management. Right. And now he works for a can candy factory. Yeah. And, and, and then he finally at that <laughs> states out loud, oh, God, did I just did I peak when I was 18? Leslie goes, there it is. And and, and that, yeah, C, <laughs> the last one is Leslie's philosophy plus Ben's self-doubt combined. Yeah. And Leslie convinces Ben to join her sure. in pounding shots. Yeah. Yep. She is not a good influence here. No. And and Ben's not a good, you know, uh, he's not. Well, he up was trying to drag her up to his level. He Instead, was. she dragged him down. down. Yeah, <laughs> that did not work out well. Nope. Well, from there, we bounce over to the Blush event at the or maybe an after party for Ron's chair. I'm guessing. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Along with other less practical items that are being promoted. And I'm not sure where we are here, Mark, but for Ron, it might as well be on Mars. Well, uh, I I uh, had our, our crack uh, yeah. intern teams. Uh, this singular team is actually is Constantine. I, I I gave Harvey ten bucks to look. Did at you this really? Because oh. Constantine can't do anything. He's worthless. <laughs> he doesn't even hear what I'm saying. This no, doesn't matter. Okay. Hear. So anyway, with the recording of Pawnee today now over, we cut over to the. Maverus, Maverus, Maverus Arts and Event Center, which I have something to say about later as well. All right. Where the Bluesh after party is in full swing with Ron, Tom and Donna in attendance. As one might expect, they all demonstrate consistent feelings about all this with Tom and Donna being very excited and Ron... I don't I don't think he knows what the hell is going on. And the scene opens with a series of jump cuts from Donna as she quickly shows off several items she is in love with. Constantine, 
Hey, would you pay attention? Could you play this clip, please? Thank you. B, 13 shots. Mm. Bird bath salts. Champagne decanters. This is heaven. I love your chair. I need 12 for my stepdaughter's craft room. Well, I make two a year, so maybe in six years. Can you put me on the wait list? Me too. Unless your chair was ever touched by someone who ate refined sugar, then I can't buy any of your chairs, and I protest this entire event. Mm. Okay, Ron, Annabelle's coming over. When you talk me up, be sure to mention that you really admire how I take big risks with men's neck accessories. Sure. There he is. Hello, hello. <laughs> thank you for your kind words about my chairs, Miss Porter. No, thank us. You are about to make a ton of money. I want to license your designs. We are going to put Swanson chairs in every six-bedroom home in the Midwest. If my chairs were mass-produced, they wouldn't be Swanson chairs. Swanson chairs are handmade. Yes, and now they will be made by thousands of tiny Chinese hands. <clears throat> Oh, Miss Porter, this is my very good friend, Tom Haverford. He's a big fan of your, whatever you call what you do. Please speak to each other while I leave. Oh, no, I am not done with you, you wicked little so-and-so. Terrific. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> Ron's excited about the possibilities. Uh, bully. <laughs> bully. <laughs> well, Mark, while we wait to see if Annabelle gets her way with Ron, we catch up with Leslie and Ben, who have a celebration of their own sorts underway. And has been quite a few episodes since we've seen drunk Ben and drunk Leslie together at the same establishment. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, but you know what? Always funny. Always funny. So this is an interesting, uh, I'm going to call this a, a two-part scene. So for the first part, we cut back to Lockerbie Pub, where Leslie and Ben are still uh, sitting at the bar together, both at this point clearly drunk, yes. talking about how, yeah, you know, maybe we peak, but doesn't matter because we have each other and we love each other and we got to do something. Got to do something this big. This is real. Big. This is real. I was there. I married you. <laughs> so and we got to do something big to let everyone know that we love each other forever because mm -hmm. they're drunk, you know? Yeah. And then Leslie bing, gets an idea. We then move on to the second part of the scene where we uh, we cut to the Pawnee Pawn Shop. We've been there before. Owned by lover of nitrous, Herman Lerpus. Um, <laughs> Leslie and Ben stagger in uh, and, and do the one thing you shouldn't do if you want to act sober. We are completely we are sober. sober. <laughs> and, and they insist they're sober and that they would like uh, they would like uh, tattoos. Oh, sure. Uh, please and thank you. And Herman Lerpus responds <laughs> by saying... Tattoos, this is a pawn shop. Pause. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> like, all right, whatever, man. And the rest of the scene kind of devolves into Leslie and Ben's drunken excitement at what is about to happen, which is clearly the best idea in Ever. the world. And now let's make out. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, they decide it's the best idea ever because as after Herman agrees to do this, of course, he walks over, he finds a Bic pen, he breaks it in half. He's clearly going to use the ink from a Bic pen. Yeah. And and <laughs> that's how you do. That's it. Yeah. And that's when Ben says, this is the idea of the century. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, we'll see. Mm. Well, we bounce back to the Bluesh party and Tom is doing his best to make headway with Annabelle while Ron makes a final decision about allowing Annabelle to promote his work. 
Yeah, we we uh, we cut back to the Maverick Arts and Events Center. It's the, Marv's. Is it Marv's? It's, yeah, I, I looked. I looked it up. Is it? Well, yeah. it's the, the Marv's there, and uh, <laughs> the, where the Blue after party is Blushin, and we see Tom and Annabelle and Ron now sitting on a couch. Oh, good. Uh, together in the middle of this very uh, loud, ongoing, pretentious, high-end uh, party. and um, Ron's right at home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tom is talking to Annabelle about rent-a-swag, which Annabelle thinks is interesting. Uh, Tom claims business is great. Mm. And that it would be perfect for for Bluesh. Unfortunately, when Annabelle suggests that they could try to get something in their February edition, Tom lets it slip like, no, by then it'll be too late. You know, we'll be out of business, which tips Annabelle <laughs> yeah, off to I the. you were doing well. Is, oh, it is now that now the cat's out of the bag. So Annabelle makes one more attempt to convince Ron to accept mass production and let her sell chairs on her site. Ron politely but firmly says no. Annabelle gets up. Loudly addresses the crowd and tells them, this party is over. It no longer is. It was. Oh, my God. Oh. And, and the music turns <laughs> off and everybody stops talking and Annabelle walks off and everybody else follows suit and we see the party break up. And Tom sits there despondent because yeah. he views this as his last chance to sure. save Ranta Swag. Yeah. Before leaving, though, I will say Tom and Donna take some small comfort in grabbing some of the ridiculous Uber swag items that are just because they're just laying around. What you are they going to do well. with them? They're just going to sit there. Yeah. Tom, Tom heard us last week, Mark, talking about fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, the great Ed Foreman's, uh, you know, uh, teachings there for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. He tried. Didn't work. It didn't work. I mean, but you got to give, give him credit for trying. Right. Well, back at the pawn shop slash semi-professional tattoo parlor, yeah, where Herman has his long needle Bic pen ink ready to go, you know, because he couldn't find the short needle. No, long needle it is. <laughs> um, Leslie's asking for something of a turducken tattoo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It yeah. has a, we called it something different when I was growing up. It's a, <laughs> a turpandon. A turpandon. Yeah, that's what it was. It's a turkey inside a duck. And then you, you yeah. shouldn't involve the panda, but no. if you can catch Not one. do that. They're, uh, they'll climb you. Tasty. You don't want to corner them. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so we cut back to the... the, the I eat tofu panda. <laughs> worst. It's humane. It's the worst it kind of panda funny. ever. I saw that movie. Uh, tofu panda? Yeah. It was the sequel or the prequel to Cocaine Bear. <laughs> this just gets better and better. I, I don't understand why we don't have millions of followers. I don't either. Oh, going, my please. God. Save us we cut ourselves. back to the Pawnee Pawn Shop where the... Best idea in the world. It's underway. Is just about to happen. Herman Lurpus has picked the right needle. Leslie's described the turducken design that she wants. Ben is about to take a scoop out of the pill bucket, you know, to numb the numb the uh -huh. pain. I want a pill bucket. I, I do too. Then in all of a sudden, boom, like an arc angel and comes swooping into the pawn shop tells everybody to stop what they're doing and then she then instructs leslie and ben to say goodbye to the nice man yep thank her for saving them from being on dateline <laughs> and come with her thank god thank god yeah, yeah. she she's going to save the day here for them yeah um the whole turducken thing, turpandon. Uh, she wanted a portrait of Eleanor Roosevelt, tastefully done. Yeah. Where she has a very classy tattoo of Pat Benatar on her arm. Very subtle, very subtle. But of course, you know, 
Herman didn't hear any of that. And he was going to go with Mouth Queen, which <laughs> I'm not sure what Mouth Queen is. I made a note. Hold on. You just struck oil. <laughs> oh, God. Stop digging. Stop. Okay. I've got to see how this turns out. Fair enough. Well, back in Ron's office, Tom commiserates with his occasional mentor and gets some words of wisdom that may be exactly what he needs to hear. Yeah, we, we cut back to, to City Hall, specifically Ron's office, and, and we see Tom venting as Ron. Um, I think he's pouring maybe a little bit of alcohol into his hot chalky. Uh, I'm guessing because he has kind of the white cup. Lagavulin in there? Could be. Yeah. I mean, I'll try it. I don't know if the it's like Irish coffee and Scottish coffee. I mean, it would work as long as there's cream in there. Mm, yeah. 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 Now, so on. when Tom laments, my God, Ron, I don't want to be a failure again. Um, Ron gives him two pieces of, I would say, sage Swanson advice. Number one, there's no shame in failure if you give it an honest effort. Yep. And two, the reason that he didn't sell his chairs on Annabelle's website was because he values his name. The only thing that's important at the end of the day is what's on your gravestone, your name. I agree. Yeah. I think he gave him very good advice. And I yeah. think Tom did try. Like as a as I opposed to Entertainment 720, which they clearly, you know, not only didn't try, but didn't know what the hell they were doing. Now, I, I could go off for days oh, on I that. But but yeah. I will say this. That is a good comparison yeah. point yeah. from there to, to where here. he is now. Yeah. He's had a journey. Tom man. has come a long way. Yeah. yeah. We said that a little last week, too. Mm -hmm. Well, in Leslie's office, Anne is apparently the only adult in this particular throuple of friends and significant others. Yeah. And while the role of advisor and friend might normally fall to Ben, he is in absolutely no shape to help anyone. Thank God Ann Perkins is in the house. We now cut to Leslie's office. I think it's Leslie's office. Is, we're back in Leslie's And we cut to Leslie's office where Ann, the archangel, is with Leslie and Ben laying down some much needed fire and brimstone. Yep. Constantine, play the clip, please. Ben, what is the first rule of the Leslie Nope Emotional Support Task Force? Don't let her get a tattoo. What yep. the hell happened? I couldn't help it. She's so cute when she's coming up with destructive ideas. Never send a husband to do a best friend's job out, Wyatt. Walk it off. Walk it off. Fine. You did it. Yep. See you later, Ann. No, okay. nope, sit down. <laughs> you are avoiding your problems. What? No, I'm not. Can we talk about this tomorrow? You were down in the polls. <laughs> your opponents were well-funded and well-organized. You must have known this would be a possibility. Intellectually, I knew that I might be in trouble, but deep in my heart, I never really thought. Ben and I tried to help you, but as usual, you're the best person for the job. I wrote this. You need to hear yourself read it. They held the recall election and I lost. I was voted out of office. In 30 days, I will no longer be a Pawnee city councilor. Oh, it's so hard to read when you're drunk. Keep going. <clears throat> but I am Leslie Nope. I am more than a city councilor. I am an unstoppable force of energy. And I will use those days to work as hard as I can. These are all your ongoing projects. Everything you're currently working on for Pawnee. You have things to do. You have a month left. Use it. Anne, you poetic, noble land mermaid. You're right, once again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I flushed my car keys down the toilet. No problem. <laughs> Glad to see Ben's keeping busy. He really is. Walking yeah, the dog. Thank God Anne's there, yeah. like I said. Yeah. 
Well, wrapping up the evening's activities, we bounce back to the Halloween party where April is finally willing to admit that Chris has been somewhat helpful today, mm. despite her missing Andy, but almost immediately regrets it. And we all do. We, we now cut to the outside courtyard at City Hall where the Halloween lights and decorations are still up and we have music playing and we see uh, there's a lot of people there. You know, we see Anne making out with the with the werewolf. Uh, oh, it's, it's it's Chris. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. Thank um, April walks up to them both, tells them to stop because ew, yeah. they're making out. And uh, and then. April apologizes to Chris because she knows that he's lame, but he was just trying to help her. And then, even though it pains her to do so, she tells Anne two things. A, you guys are cute. And then B, if Chris puts that much effort into making my stupid night better, I'm sure that he'll make your lame life perfect. (laughs) Which, I mean, is kind of sweet for April. And Anne and Chris... Thank April and then kiss each other. And then April calls them gross and walks off. (laughs) All right. I'll take that. You know, April had to be April before she left though, right? Yeah. She she did offer the possibility that he is perhaps secretly in love with her instead. Yeah. Yeah. Which was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the next day we start out at the law offices of uh, Bell Babe DeVoe, Boys to Men. And and we go (laughs) and we get to finally learn the fate of Rent-A-Swag. Isn't that the name of this place? Uh, what, what we we love acronyms here yeah. at LFP Worldwide yeah. Headquarters. So we call this the Law Office of BPVE. Well, mine was called BB BBD. Yeah, yours is BTM. yours is perfect. Let's yeah. go on. And so down <laughs> the next day, and uh, yeah, now it is the next day actually. It is because it's, day. Cause it's yes. light out. Yeah. Um, and Take we cut out. to the Law Office of BPVE, and we see Tom meeting with Trevor the lawyer once again regarding his response to Doctor Saperstein's buyout offer. And Tom tells Trevor he's willing to sell Rent-A-Swag, but on his own terms. Specifically, for the offered amount of $40,000, he is willing to part with the inventory, the website, the store, and everything in the store. But he's keeping the name Rent-A-Swag. Trevor tells Tom that Dr. Saperstein actually likes the name Rent-A-Swag much better than Tommy's Closet. And for the deal to go through, he needs the name. Tom considers and then tells Trevor he'll throw in the name for an extra $20,000 and 5% of Rent-A-Swag's ongoing business. Trevor accepts. They shake hands. And then Tom has a nice talking head to end the scene where he tells the camera... Ron said there's nothing more valuable than my name, but he's not a businessman. (laughs) I am. And I now have seed money for my next venture. I I sold out, baby. Yep. (laughs) But you know what? He did it in a brilliant way. Like That's pretty savvy. I got to admit. Yes, it is. He's 60 grand up, right? Yep. And we probably would take it a long time to hit that much cash. And he has passive income coming in now. He has passive income, which we both know is super important. Yes. Because we have none. Yeah, yeah, I want to be so passive. So, uh, as passive as possible, I right. would say, yes. Well, finally in the kicker, we're in the press conference room at City Hall, and Leslie's finally making a concession speech that does not include one reference to the word fartwads. Or jabronis. Or jabronis. Yeah. So she's clearly a better person than I am. Hmm. 
For our final scene, we cut to the City Hall press conference room where Leslie is about to give her concession speech. Constantine, play us out, please. The votes have been counted and I have been recalled. I am, of course, disappointed, but I am still your city councilwoman for 30 more days and I intend to spend every second I have left working for you and this great city. The thing about being part of the Leslie Nope Emotional Support Task Force is that it's a very easy job. She's never down for that long. And now that she's had a little time to recharge, she is like a toddler bouncing back from a nap. Hey! There you guys are! Okay, Ben, I need some help with the rezoning thing. Also, I think we should paint our deck, so I have some color samples for you. And to thank you both for being there when I needed you, I carved your faces into these jack-o'-lanterns. And it was very hard to capture your beauty. And Ben, you make a sexy pumpkin, no surprise. Love you both. See you later. Okay. Wow. It's amazing. Not bad. <laughs> Fade to black. Fade to black. That there at the end, you know, Leslie takes off, the camera goes to Ann and Ben, and they slowly turn the pumpkins around so the camera can see them. That's right. And they are at least Gergich level good oh, they are. Uh, p- portraits of Ann and Ben. They absolutely are. Yep. Fade to black. Well, nice job on that breakdown, Mark. Let's do this real quick. Let's take a quick break. We'll compare notes on a few things. We'll come back and we'll finish this thing up. Let's do it, man. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Yep. Do you have an upcoming costume party or other such occasion that requires a disguise or alter ego? Is there a need or desire for you to conceal your true identity? perhaps while engaging in a musical hobby or other semi-private pursuit? If so, the Pawnee Mystery Closet may be the answer to your unspoken question. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. The Pawnee Mystery Closet was founded in 1979 by a Mr. E. Closet. Mystery (laughs) Closet. Oh, I get it. (laughs) Anyway, located in Greater Pawnee, the closet, as I call it, has all of your dress-up needs covered. Some of their more popular costume packages include the Slurring Scalawag, a detailed pirate costume complete with long flowing hair and dark eyeliner, the T-Pain, sometimes confused for the Mad Hatter, the Cowgirl, a sexy female version of your basic cowboy. The Reggie Miller, an Indianapolis Pacers uniform featuring legendary number 31. The Barbara of Eden, your basic sexy genie costume. The Chucky, costume and makeup to transform yourself or your small human into a lifelike person-sized doll. And finally, the Macklin, your basic unhinged FBI agent who's been pushed too far. Still don't know what to choose or lack imagination? The Closet also has simple outfits and makeup for doctors, construction workers, nurses, and clowns. So if you are ready to step out of your comfort zone, get ready to step into the Closet. Er, er, the Pawnee Mystery Closet. Tell them Ron sent you and get a free bag of spider webs with your purchase. Thank you. That is all.
All right, everybody, we're back. So I don't know why I raised my voice like that then. That's weird, but, uh, you know. No, I like that. I think you should do that every week. Every week? Mm -hmm. Maybe a slightly different uh, note every week? We're back. There you go. Little Ethel Merman in there. Oh, my God. (laughs) If you're old enough to know who that is, congratulations. Congratulations, and we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. Yeah. Mark, as we always do, or almost always do, we'll start off with deleted scenes. Yeah. Uh, I I only hesitated because the last few weeks we've had like micro deleted scenes. It's really small. Yeah, like 59 seconds last week. Right. We're back to a little more normal-ish, maybe on the plus side of normal this week. Yeah, I agree. Four minutes, 29 seconds, eight scenes. And I, you know, I've wrote down notes on all of them. I felt like, you know, um, there was one I kind of like where April's kind of screwing around with Ben about spiders. Yeah. That was a pretty funny one. And Leslie's handing out the assignments and she's all, you know, over the top Leslie. Um, Definitely worth as we always say. We we recommend that you get yeah. the, the DVDs. Pick them you, up. you can see them. If they're funny, watch them if you can. Yep. I think they made the right choices, though. You know, it, one of the deleted scenes I was glad was there. It's not particularly a great one, but it was okay. Um, because when I remember watching the canon episode, like, what the hell is Larry dressed as? Mm-hmm. Well, we learn in I think the fourth scene of the deleted scenes that uh, Larry was told by Tom that he and Ron were also going to dr- dress up as members of One Direction. Yeah. And Larry's the only one who did it. Yeah. So he looks kind of silly. Actually, I think he looks kind of cool personally. Yeah. I mean, he's doing pretty good for an old guy who's not, you know, as trim as a One Directioner. Right, right. (laughs) A 1D. A 1D. Remember that? Oh, yeah, of course I do. Your girls were into 1D at one point. Yes, they they were. Yeah, I remember those moments. (laughs) I don't don't miss them. (laughs) Well, like Mark said, check out the deleted scenes if you can grab those DVDs and uh, they're worth a watch. And like Alan said, check out what Mark said. (laughs) We're in like a loop. Yeah, we got we got break out exit loop break enter. Yeah, all right. Hey, Mark, uh, why don't we get into our tropes first and fun facts? That's how we can break out of this. Well, why don't we? Let's do it. Jeez and crow. Okay, I have uh, two first. I had none, so you've plussed me again. Well, I got like thirty tropes, but go ahead. It's going so much better now. (laughs) Um, I I said uh, we first learned that Leslie gets recalled from her position as city councilwoman. That's kind of a gimme. It's a little gimme, but it's true. You make fun of me because you don't have anything. And then I said <laughs> we're also introduced to uh, Bloosh as well as its founder, Annabelle Porter, because they, they do come back. They do come back. Mm-hmm. That That is a legit one, as they say, <laughs> as Tom would say. Right. I, I could have written down the first one, but I said that's lame. So. Yeah. And Mark's going to do it. So why should I do it? the heck would do that? <laughs> Embarrass himself. Yeah. How about tropes? I, I know you've probably got a pretty good list because I've got a pretty good list. So I know between us, we'll have a few. I have, a, I have a decent one. You might have outdone me here. I have. Uh, I did it in real time, which is, I think, why it's so large. This oh, week. interesting. Yeah. Uh, I have WWR for Woodworking Ron. I didn't get that one. Somewhere. Wow. Nice job. You suck. I, I have a MTC mugs to the camera and I, I clock one. specifically Ben, Ron and Ann. Yep. Um, those are the main ones, I think. Those are all um, good. I have a JGL, Jerry, Gary, Larry, which almost seems like a gimme because he's now always called Larry. But yep. you know, I just like to keep that. that one too. Um, PBJ, yeah. Leslie ridicules Jerry's very nice looking pumpkins. And yeah. then Jerry brings in pizza just yeah. at the wrong time. I, um, have we converted that to PBL officially? I, I think PBJ is just going to be forever. I think so. Sandwich. Peanut butter and jelly, It man. makes me hungry. Yeah, um, ELLS, everybody loves little Sebastian. Oh, I, did I get that one? I don't know. Oh, Pawnee loves Little Sebastian. That's Mine the, was PLL. Oh, I, that, that's I great. like yours better, though. Yeah. L's. L's. Um, 
Although yours is pills, so the- <laughs> oh no, they're both pretty good, aren't they're, they? Yeah. I, I vote for yours now. <laughs> a bu- oh, especially in this episode, yeah. the, the yeah, bucket just of pills. take a scoop out of the pill bucket, man. <laughs> mm. Um, tasty. I have uh, BMF for Bert, at least a reference to Burt Macklin FBI, even though maybe yeah. it should be Friendly Lifeguard. I don't know, but I, I count it's that. Fair. Um, I have ITC for Ice Town Clown, just because Ben brought up the whole yep. I got impeached when I was Thematically 18. Thematically true. Thing. Yeah, good call. LWL, Lousy with Lurpuses. Got that one too. Of course. And then I learned a cue from you. Anytime we have a Lousy with Lurpuses, we have an automatic FWN fun with names. And, and there I think were a few some, outside the And Lurpuses. there are some others outside yeah. of that as well. Yeah. Um, I have LAC, Leslie and Compliments. And got that you one. poetic and noble land mermaid. Land mermaid. Love it. <laughs> um, Oh, and then I, my final one is uh, OTL over the top Leslie, which I said was just like her her thank you pumpkins to Ben and Ann were very sweet, but very like Jesus Crow. Yeah. You like really went over the top with yeah. that. Um, that's well, all I had. And she's intense, especially we see a little more of that intensity and in preparation and nervousness in the deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit in the canon episode, but I think just seeing the deleted scene kind of doubles it down a little bit. Oh, and yeah. uh, I'm sorry, I missed yeah. one. Uh, ben is a nerd. Because, I got that one because too. Because the, the, the Klingon, you know, Kapla. Kapla. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Love it. Anyway, that's the, all the, I got. Klingon greeting salute. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Um, I, I created a few new ones this week. Nice. I cannot but, wait. But they are tropes because we've talked about several of them before. And I, I honed this one into a very specific thing. So, uh, you know, April's kind of macabre, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why I was going to go with. I decided to do AWA. April is Wednesday Adams. Oh, I like that a lot. Right? I yeah. mean, everyone can relate to that, especially yep. with the Wednesday uh, Netflix show being back. Everyone knows who we're talking about. Yep. I've got LDL, which is let's distract Leslie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leslie that, does that, it to herself first. Yeah. And then Ben and Ann do it. Yeah. Um, I've got... You remember you created Bidgie, which I love. Oh, yeah. I did ben Ridgie doesn't get it. this week. Ron doesn't get it. Oh, brilliant. This, this. Bloosh, the talk, the yeah, lingo. Oh, my God, the words. The words. Yeah. Yeah. No, Speak that was good. differently and use different <laughs> words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. I like that one too. Yeah. I get AMA, April Mrs. Andy. Yeah. That's been a trope for sure. Uh, see, I've got it some of the same as you. Blah, 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 blah. Actually, we had several in a row with you. Oh, JFL. Joan likes to front. <laughs> that was kind of a new one. But, you know, she's Joan lives a little larger in her head than she does in real life. Yeah. And this is not the first we've seen that. I think so that's I thought probably that was true. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You had lousy with Lurpuses. My autocorrect changed it to lousy with Leroy's. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it now just for fun. <laughs> Uh, I did mention this is our fourth Halloween episode, which is, I suppose, a trope of a nature. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then I had Leslie and compliments. So nice job on that. Very that was a pretty nice. comprehensive list. This week. Yes, we did um, good. I only on goofs. I only had some continuity errors, mostly related to cup placement again, which eh, who cares? I, I didn't have any goofs. Yeah. How about fun facts? Um, I, I just had to give us one in show. Intro show. Yeah. I, I only had two and one of them we've really already discussed. It's yeah. just that like Leslie and Ben dressed up as a princess of yeah. bride and, and the R.U.S. And, the um, yeah. and then the other one was uh, maybe a gimme, but Annabelle Porter and Blue Shore parody of Gwyneth Paltrow and her uh, uh, lifestyle brand. I, I want to talk Dude. about that very, very briefly, only in the sense that that was stated as a truthism, a fact. I, I went and looked it up. And so Goop was founded in 20, 2008. Okay. And this show t- started in 2009. This season we're in 2013. So it's not crazy and reasonable. But I, 
I don't know. I just, there's a lot in common. I'll just say that. But I don't know if it's provable. I don't know if a cast or a script writer has ever said it. And if so, it'd be very interesting to have hear the that quantified for me. Well, I, I see what you're saying. It, you know, it's one thing to state something as fact, and it's another to say we kind of think this is true. Yeah. And it's probably more in the yeah. latter camp. Well, and the last one I had was, and I, I, I did find this when I looked it up because I was very curious about that phrase. It was very specific. Nothing gold can stay, mm -hmm. right? Which apparently first was a Robert Frost poem that was recited in The Outsiders, uh, which made it somewhat famous. And the connection there, of course, is Rob Lowe played Soda Pop mm -hmm. and The Outsiders. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a fun little that's circle nice. of references. Yeah. yeah. So, well, nice job in those, Mark. Let's uh, let's jump into our scores. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so my co-MVPs for this episode, I had a tough time picking them, but uh, here they are and go for it. And suck it. Uh, mine are Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope and Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson. Completely wrong, but go, go for it. I could have gone a lot of different directions, yeah, but there we go. I, 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 first of all, I thought both the A story and the B story were really, really good. And I, agree I with that. and I feel like for me, Leslie and Ron were the queen slash king of their respective storylines. Now, I could see an argument being made for Tom. And as a matter of fact, I'll make an argument for Tom. But I kind of flipped a coin and I ended up going with my man crush Ron for, for the. That and I part, gave that it, to, it to Aziz last week. And you did give it to Aziz last week um, for the A story. And it, when he gets a big swollen ego head, I don't like that. So I didn't want to like, you know, pump him up too big. But for the A story, Leslie ran the gamut from on edge and nervous to the pit of despair to drunken Leslie, which is always funny, to finally taking advice from her bestie Ann Perkins and rebounding with pride and grace, writing herself once again on the path to being the best person she can be, at least for the next 30 days. Um, <laughs> for the B story, I, 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 I could have picked either Ron or Tom. As the lead of it, I could have, but okay. it, perhaps it's unfair that I went with my man crush. But I thought Tom really brought it this time, and I thought his story was was interesting, and he made some smart decisions I can respect. But for me, I just, God help me, I just love Ron being utterly irritated and confused by the flowery, meaningless buzzwords being thrown around by Tom, Donna, and Annabelle Porter. Yeah. I mean, just there's so good. much there I just love. I agree with that. Um, so having said that, I really liked Tom in this one for a lot of reasons. For me, I think one of the most satisfying moments was seeing how at the end, Tom didn't simply take Ron's sage advice and parrot it back to Trevor. Instead, Tom did something much harder and I think much more impressive. He mm -hmm. listened to Ron's advice. He thought about it. He considered what it meant to him. And then he applied it. Yeah, he contextualized it. Like using his own thoughts and his own priorities. And that is a great plot move because it continues to establish Ron as a great source of uh, sure. uh, general yeah. uh, mentorship and advice. But it also clearly highlights a path for Tom that is 100% of his own design. And it's a good one. He was really smart in this episode. Yeah. Um, just as Tom was right up there with Ron in the B story, I got to give props to Adam Scott it's Ben Wyatt for yeah. being right there beside Leslie for all the despair, the lunacy, the drunkenness, always funny always. and nearly going crazy and pulling back at the end. And even though it was almost a throwaway thing, I love the task force that Ben and Ann formed together, <laughs> which speaking of which I also want to give props to Ann. I have liked Ann mm. more and more recently, which figures because she's about to leave the sure. series, I but know. it seems like Ann has played much more of a forceful 
role in in guiding Leslie when she needs it most, instead of simply serving as someone in the background who witnesses Leslie's lunacy with like an understanding smile. You know, and I'm going to double down on that in a minute. Okay. I love the craziness of the Blue after party. In some small ways, it reminded me of the craziness someone would see when they visited Tom and John Ralphio at Entertainment 720. Very much. However, at the time, I said I thought Entertainment Enter- Entertainment 720, while funny, I thought it worked better as a short like SNL-type skit where you set it up, it gets laughed at and appreciated, you move on. Yeah. Entertainment 720 st- stuck around a bit too long. Yep. I'm not going to harp on that. Yep. I, I think Blue is is coming back in concept but this is really the only time we visit the crazy like high-end avant-garde blah 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 so it was perfect yeah i really liked it it becomes lore after this almost right yeah as someone who always likes to see the good guys win it was kind of tough for me to see leslie face the judgment of her fellow pawnians and be found wanting like you know i don't like that but i gotta say the truth is as I said in the episode, she was down in the polls. The recall movement was well-funded, well-organized, and it's always easier to get people to vote against someone than yeah, for, you know? That's very true. So it does make sense in a way. And I think that this becomes even more apparent when you consider how Leslie, despite her uh, idealism and her lofty ambitions, in my opinion, if you think about it, she didn't really like represent what seems like is the majority of Pawnee. Yeah, I mean, this, this is a woman who pushed for a soda tax, even though, <laughs> you know, even though it's arguably healthier for her town, but that's not really what the town wanted. And the same thing for, for being against Paunchburger. Like, I totally get it. And I get why uh, people like Leslie and Chris would say this is better for Pawnee. And in a sense, I agree. But... It's not what everyone wants. As Ron Swanson would say, right? Ballooning up to 400 pounds and dying of a heart attack at the age of 40 is every person's God-given right. And you cringe a little bit when you hear that, but there's something there. You know, I'm going to double down on this one. too. (laughs) Okay. So as much as we might totally relate to Leslie's goals and ideas and reasoning, the fact remains her constituents do not and yeah. and as a res, as a result, I don't think that Leslie does a great job of representing them. So maybe this, I hate to see this for Leslie. I hate seeing the defeat. Maybe maybe it was inevitable. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, small nitpick. Sea story only had two and a half scenes. It was barely enough to be considered a story. I understand they needed to give April and Chris something to do, and 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 God knows, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're both very very funny. You know, it was wasted. It was wasted. It was it, to, to be fair, though, I probably wouldn't think that this story was so bad if the A and B stories weren't so freaking fantastic yeah, for, for me. There's a lot of contrast. That's a good point. So enough of that craziness. I'm going to go on to the Mark rubric because everybody loves that. Uh, <laughs> People are clamoring for it, Mark. Appreciate if you didn't snort when I said that, but okay. Um, so I'm going to give this sucker a 4.5 base score. Right. I, I thought that the A story and B story were fantastic. It's too bad the C story sucked um great performance by my episode co-mvp amy poehler is leslie nope half point great performance by episode co-mvp nick offerman is ron swanson half point um i'm gonna give another half point for what i call the deep bench combo pretty good use of the deep comedic bench maybe a little light on jerry and of course andy wasn't there but otherwise i thought they did a decent job plus a nice list of guest stars you got mo collins as joden calamezzo aaron hayes as annabelle porter mark evan jackson as we've talked about as the lawyer trevor nelson jay jackson as perd happily and richard birch as nitrous loving herman lurpus yep um, so half point for all that 
I uh, got the bluesh combo. The craziness of the bluesh after party, plus the ridiculousness of Annabelle Porter, plus how excited Tom and Donna were at all this. I want to give a half point for that. I uh, have the Tom's decision combo. The interesting plot device of Trevor the lawyer giving Tom one last offer from Dr. Saperstein, plus Tom agonizing over the right decision, plus Ron's good advice to Tom, plus Tom taking Ron's advice and going a new, different way with it. Half point. Drunken combo. <laughs> Leslie and Ben drunk, always funny, plus them almost getting tattoos. I thought that was Terrific, really good. Yeah. Half point. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Haunted house combo. All the decorations they put up at City Hall, plus Leslie and Ben dressing up as Buttercup and Wesley from The Princess Bride, not to mention the kid dressed as the R.O.U.S., plus a few moments of the sea story that were funny, such as Chris dressing up as a wolf, jumping out and saying, I am scaring you. I, that was kind of funny. So half point for the Haunted House combo. Support combo. Props to Ben and Tom and Donna for providing hilarity and support where needed in the A and B stories. Half point for that. And finally, I'm going to give one final half point for what I call the resolution combo. I've said this before. Leslie finally getting back on track. Once again, her optimistic, hardworking self determined to finish out her last 30 days doing everything she can for Pawnee. Plus, Ron deciding not to go into business with Annabelle Porter. Plus, Tom deciding to sell Rent-A-Swag on his own terms. Half point for all that. So you add up all the crazy points. 9.0 Lil' Sebastians. Um... I know I already said this, but I already I think the A story and B story were fantastic. And quite frankly, if the entire episode were at that level, I would have been tempted to give this a nine five. I, I love them that much. Wow. However, as much as I like April and as much as I as much as I like this version of Chris. Yeah, I really thought the C story was a throwaway. It hardly had enough scenes to constitute a storyline. And because I could because of that, I couldn't give give it the nine five. I did feel comfortable giving it a nine oh. So, Alan, that's my review. Rock the scuba. All right. Where would you like me to start? Start where I'm great and I'm perfect. And that's then we can end the episode before you get into the rest of your craziness. This won't take long. Hold on. Oh, geez. Right. No, uh, here's what I will do. I'll do it in roughly the same order and I'll remember to do my MVPs this week. My so, God, don't forget that. It's been a minute since I've done a single MVP mm. where P is a person versus persons. Yeah. So this week, Rashida Jones. Wow. Yeah. And and I'll get into why in a minute. Um, let me make some general uh, observations about the overall show. Yeah. So I did A, B, C, and D. You did A, B, C. Right. Generally, we agree. A and B, very strong. I, I felt like the C story was strong because of Tom, Tom's growth. And it was it was overall, it was funny, but I, I felt like, I don't know. And I guess maybe because you combine C, you, your C was part of your B, right? We had the same A story. I'm getting all my alphabets confused. I think I took your Ron and your Tom story and, and I combined them into a Ron Tom. A Ron Tom. And then the, my final one was the Chris April, which I think was your final one. That's fair. And yeah. And I, I said my D story, that one you're referring yeah, yeah. to. I said, why? Yeah, yeah. That was my I agree. comment I wrote because it was a total waste of, of Chris and April, basically. Right. I mean, in my opinion. Couple, a, a couple minor humor, humorful but moments, honestly, but that's it. Add them to one of the other storylines and make them useful there. I completely agree. Because there's a reason to make it a C story or a D story or an F story. What do you want to call it? Like splintered off when something happens. Yeah. And nothing happened. Chris tried and failed to make her, you know, not miss Andy as much. And she kind of went, hey, thanks. 
Ooh, you guys are gross kissing. Like that's it. That's I just said the whole story in three sentences. Yeah. So I, I think maybe double down on it, do more with it or don't do it at all. Yeah. That, that's what I'll say about it. I agree. I, I did like the Tom storyline. I did like the Ron storyline. I think the more I think about it, it makes a lot more sense to call that a single B story. And then I could get a lot more excited about it. I think when I split them apart, I felt less awesome about the B and my B and C. Yeah. When you put them I, together, I they make mean. a pretty awesome B story. Yes. They were well balanced. They acted well to support the A story. And, and even some of those characters played a role in here, mm-hmm. which I felt was, you know, sometimes it's really dangerous to splinter into a bunch of stories. I said that about I said that about last week's story, because um, I think it's divide your attention. And, you know, you can only do so much when you're looking in nine directions at once. Um but here they were a little smarter, but at the same time, I don't know. There's a lot of weaving in and out and it makes sense, of course, organically because the team's going to be there to support Leslie, you know, when the votes come in and all the scenes where it mattered. So I don't know. I was really on the fence about this episode and I came up with a really interesting way to score this one, um, which I'll come back to in a second. But I basically said, what is the score of this episode on its own? What is the score of this episode if I watch these two together on that Thursday night 10 years ago? Oh, I see. And then filibuster writing yep. the recall. Vote. And then if what if they had done the better thing where they did a 42 minute episode where they were one single episode? Mm-hmm. That would have been a totally different score. Mm-hmm. So I'll get to that. Kind of like London. Kind of like London. Yes, absolutely. which we split up into two parts of our coverage, but in its original airing two shows. You go watch it on Peacock now or one show, but you go watch it on Peacock now. It's two shows because they basically use that to bump up the commercials. That's really what they do. I think it works better as one giant I show. Do too. I really do. And yeah. I'll, I'll say that I'll finish that up in a second. Sure. So last couple of things, um, you know, we're still missing Andy. I mean, you know, just like April, uh, although I don't need need to hear that as as a, you know, story that goes nowhere. We as an audience are missing Andy's comedy and having him back a little bit last week reminded us of that. I think it would have balanced better again as a single episode. Um, I'll talk about the two and a half men factor. It's a new thing for me. Oh, good. Good. I want you to go on and on about it. Go ahead. All I'm going to (laughs) say is that Tom is the most unredeeming character on this show, period. Now, we like him a lot more now than we used to, but in balance, taking all of Tom, all six seasons so far, he would probably be the of the main cast. He would be the single most unredeeming character on this show, and yet he's more redeeming than some other show's protagonist at this point in his arc. Yeah, I can't so argue with that. I'm just super happy with what they've done for Tom, and I wish they'd done a little more of it a little earlier. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. I like it. Yep. Um, I think there's an argument to be made, and this is going to be a little bit of controversy, and I don't want to get into it too much today, but Leslie is not a great leader. Oh, I'm going to get into it today. I said it. No, no, no. Um, She is great at doing things. However, she's not so great at leading things. She leans into her support group often. She receives the words of wisdom. I have rarely seen her give them out. She's not really mentored anybody. Um, except maybe April. I think you could make the argument for April, but maybe, maybe a, a tiny bit with Andy as he, when he very first got very started early. And however, I, I'm that's damning with faint praise in yeah. general. I agree with what you're saying. And, and you know what? I still love her and she's a great protagonist and she is the, the star of the show and all those things. But 
I don't know. It just hit me this week. And I just wanted to make a comment. It's not a, I'm not, uh, I'm not, it actually didn't influence my score. It just was a thought I had. I never thought of it before. I, I, I have always thought that Leslie is great at taking her own ideas that are well formed in her own mind yes. and pushing forward like a bulldozer, which is a great uh, a, a characteristic sometimes a great yes. skill i don't think she's very good at seeing other people's perspectives i or, think or she's pulling the team along with her sucks she that, goes it actually. alone too often right so okay so you we agree on that yeah um i i wrote down lbl leslie knows better right which are lbkl i don't know whatever the acronym is but um i i think the fact that she always has this point of view where she knows the right way to do it is one of her less um, attractive qualities and, you know, it's good for a main hero, a character, a protagonist to not be a perfect person. So I think it mm -hmm. makes her a well-balanced character. But I think sometimes it sticks out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I mostly brought that up to quantify and qualify why I said Anne, Rashida Jones, should be the MVP this week. Because Anne's character is really, well, she's great in this episode, right? She's the rock. But, she, you know, and we, we can go back to earlier episodes we've said, you know, she is kind of that baseline for everybody. She, you know, she was like, what do we call her? The glue, right? Mm -hmm. But like this week, she's the super glue, right? Because she really helped people. She just didn't connect people together. I mean, she was there when Ben wasn't there in this case, because he's a little drunk to help. Uh, but Anne was there, right? And so she kind of saved them both from themselves. Well, I actually felt like Anne had a a bulldozer-ish quality in a good way in a good that way. we've often seen from Leslie yeah. and we've rarely Influenced seen Influenced by Anne. Leslie, I'm certain. Yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. She's Leslie has worn off on Anne, so she maybe has mentored Anne not on purpose, but it's rubbed off on her in a good way, I right. think, for sure. The only other thing I'll say is that, you know, kind of looking at the cast and the roles they're playing in this episode, you know, um, even Tom has been a mentor to John Ralphio at times. Like, that's what kind of made me realize this. I'm like, you know, Leslie needs to step up a little bit, I think, in this. And I think there's room for her to grow by the end of the show. And I hope we see that a little bit. Even Chris is like the emotional cheerleader for everybody, you know, and he plays a role in kind of keeping everybody well when he's not suffering himself. And even when he did suffer himself, he was able to kind of boost other people. He didn't always drag them down with himself. So the one thing I would say about Leslie, because this is this is actually a very good you're making me think about this. I think that there have been a few times when Ron and Leslie, because we've said I, I believe this and I think you agree with me that Ron and Leslie are at the their relationship is at the core of the show. And yep. I think that there have been some times when Ron has needed Leslie to be there for him. And and maybe slightly is mentoring like to guide him back to sanity yep. if he's being too swanson-esque you know a little bit yeah yeah that's well awesome. and we'd said early in the show that kind of like ron was the dad and leslie was a little bit the mom but in a platonic relationship God. yeah ron is very much the dad in the sage wisdom department and all that and i realized that leslie's a little less of a mom or she's a mom with a full-time job i don't know um she just like she's really ambitious and those are all good things but i want to see her pull the rest of the group along with her and help prop them up a little bit it, it's it's a small complaint but it just hit me hard this week and i'm not sure why it hit in this particular episode but it did well i, I got to admit i don't think i've ever thought about it in that light but as with many things in this in this category, once you 
think about them. Once you see them, you can't unsee them. Yeah. Like the cowbell in that Peter Gabriel song that I can never unhear now. Yes. Yeah. I won't tell you the name, so don't ruin it for right. you. Because this whole thing started because I was trying to determine if we are Leslie. Is, or is the point of view that we're supposed to have through Leslie. And I kept coming back to more often than not, it's Anne, honestly. And, and so it doesn't really stick well on any one person, nor does it need to, mm-hmm. but it also, it just isn't Leslie. And, and, you know, so she's an interesting protagonist in that way. And I just never really thought about it that way before. Hmm. I have no problems with it, really. I just want to see a little more of that, the, her mentoring side, because she, she is a good lead. could be a much better leader. I, yeah, I agree with you, Alan. For those of you who want Here's to contact you. us uh, and explain why Alan's wrong in what he just yeah. said, you know, please uh, I, I, I'll tune in later. I'll give you his uh, home address and his phone number and his PIN number. As They're well. all so, in there yeah, now. Yeah, 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 of course enough. they are. You've been hacked. Last thing, my scores. So <laughs> oh, those. Okay. If I watch this episode all by itself and it's the only episode of Parks and Rec I ever watch, I'd give this a seven and a half. And I feel like that might, yeah, I think that'd be accurate. If I watch this as the second of the two-parter on the same night, 10 years ago, I give filibuster an eight and a half, which I did last week, and I'd give this an eight. Hmm. I feel like that at times that's, for me, maybe because of the weakness of your sea story, mostly, um, and I, the way I just looked at the episode is basically being four stories. I think that led to me feeling less good about the score. But if I put the two episodes together in a one hour episode and I probably changed two very small things, I think this is a nine or a nine and a half. Like it's, it's the, you know, it's, you are mercurial. You are all over the place. I am so loving this. was this. such a weird one for me. And I think the whole thing came about because of some of the weird timing. I'm like, why are we seeing a Halloween episode in November? So my brain went to work on all kinds of reasons that might've happened. And I'm sure the network screwed them in somehow because they always do. Boy, are they going to do that in season I blame seven. Flashpoint. Yeah, me too. I don't know. What That's for our friend, Steve, if he's listening. Oh, that Flashpoint. Oh my God. Agreed. He hates the, he hates time travel, anything, <laughs> anything about it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, but in this case, I just, I don't know. I, when I sat down and looked at it, I had a hard time with this as a standalone episode and I don't think it should have been, I could have felt a lot better about it as a full hour. Well, so you're, we're way up hard if I look at this alone at seven and a half and you're at nine. I mean, we just, I think we felt differently about it and that doesn't happen all that often. So this is, this is interesting. I mean, I, I, I think I see why you're, why you're saying that there, there are some things I don't know. I like this. I think I would still like this as a, as a, well, I don't want to say a standalone in like, there's no context. Like we have to know that Leslie is going to get recalled or whatever, but yeah, but I read that in a paper. Yeah, I kind of like that. You know, I, I actually the flashback. This is this is totally I mean, weird, real quick. I want you to finish your thought. You could do this to any episode as yeah. a standalone, like just isolate it. I guess so. Some nines would not be nines in that context. Well, the, you build upon the giants that come before course. you. Blah blah blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was a big fan of the original Roseanne, uh, yes. a, a sitcom sure, that started in the eighties yep. and late. Late 80s, early 90s, something like that. Yeah. It started in the late 80s, I think. Yeah. Um, But one thing I liked about Roseanne was not all the episodes were happy. 
That's kind, true. Kind of. That's and, and, true. and it kind of made you go, huh. Yeah. I mean, they were funny, yeah. but maybe not happy. Well, they were real people struggling with real problems. Right. That's the one thing you can say about that show. And, and I, I think that in a sense, as much as I didn't want to see Leslie get recalled and I, I was hoping that That's maybe all. I didn't remember it right. Like yep. maybe she stays in office and she has a puppy now, but, but, yeah. but I, I kind of liked that. They were like, no, you know what? Sometimes crap happens and, and maybe, maybe we can make this interesting of how she deals with yeah. it. Use it. Right. Kind to your of, So yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to make too much of a parallel yeah. between this and Roseanne, but that aspect of it, I go, you know what? I kind of like that thing about this episode. My last thought was, you know, why did I, one of the reasons I may have given it such a low score in my mind was I, I don't like seeing Leslie suffer and we suffered with her in the recall. Like how bad would that be? Right. Someone working this hard to have that little respect given to them and to get recalled basically at the end of the day. And yet she doesn't really represent her constituents very well. Well, and I think that's when I said Leslie knows better. That's what I was thinking. Right. Yep. Yep. Like, I was a student body senator, I mean, a thousand years ago, right? Sounds stupid. I, I've heard of you, yeah. Right, sure, Senator Percy. <laughs> but uh, it sounds, it's got a good ring to it. Um, but, but seriously, when I was doing that, I mean, you're supposed to represent a group of people and you may have different views than the, peop the place you live in around you, which sure. is where your constituents are. Yeah. Leslie lives in a place where she doesn't agree with all the people around her. It's a Frequently. real thing. Frequently. And yet she rarely thinks, what would the people of Pawnee want me to vote? She does try to represent their best interests, Paunchburger, all that. But after all, it is delicious. We learned that this week. Mm. So mm. anyway, now I'm hungry. We should end the show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go to dinner. <laughs> Speaking of ending the show, Mark, let's do that. Because next week we're going to be back. Oh, good. We're going to be back. We're going to be back. Right, just like Leslie, we're going to be back. To give we, me a second, I just had a panic for a second. Like, that's it? We're done. All right. Uh, we're done, Zs. Uh, we'll be back soon with episode eight from season six, Fluoride. Fluoride. Yeah, which is followed by one of my favorites in episode nine, Cones of Dunshire. Oh, I've heard of those. Yeah. Mm. So I'm looking forward to both those episodes because I remember them both very fondly. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, dot, dot, dot. Yes, yeah. yes, we certainly will. We certainly will. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you all next time. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. I regret everything.